0: Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to build relationships, earn trust, land the deal, and change lives to create a thriving real estate business.
1: Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I'm so thankful to be with you today for today's show. Today, I'm honored to have a guest with you today, my friend and mentor, Vincent Puglisi. You've heard his name many times on this show, but he runs the amazing Total Life Freedom community. And so I'm so thankful to have him with me here today. So, Vincent, welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast.
0: What's up, buddy? I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for joining. You know, it's interesting. I interviewed John Stangi and it's been really cool because as I do this podcast, I'm realizing that, like, you know, I can have realtors on the show, but more than anything, I want people to learn things in real estate and also learn things from other industries. And so, you know, you've really built something special with your book, your podcast, the Total Life Freedom community and the masterminds. If you don't mind, I'd love for you to share with my listeners, like how this all came together, you know, in the book, you know, you kind of talk about your background. So tell us a little bit like about your background and like how all of this was built.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny, because it's like a story of nine lives. I'm kind of like a cat. There's all these different deaths that have happened, but you keep you keep going because this whole thing right here is relatively new. Total Life Freedom thing is relatively new. I was a photographer for 20 something years. I was a professional sports photographer, weddings, corporate work. That was kind of my life's work. That's what it seemed to be. And it was what I put all my time and energy into. My wife and I had our business together. But there came a point where I started getting people asking questions like, well, how did you do this? Because and I didn't know what they really meant, like the life that we had, because we travel, you know, for months at a time with our kids. And we start homeschooling and people like, how do you balance that And I had never really thought about it because I was so focused on building the business and on our family. So I started answering these questions and then doing some personal coaching. And I started realizing, man, a lot of people could probably get help from this. So I started writing a book thinking nobody's ever going to read the book. My mom will read it. My wife will read it. And that'll be good. But I need to get it out on paper. And then that book, you know, anytime you write a book, you really come to grips with yourself and elizabeth told me cuz i'm writing my second book now i'm in my most introspective and sometimes even depressed states when i'm writing a book because so much of digging of your past history comes out and you start telling these stories and you start being really real with who you are and who you're becoming who you've been that it really you know sets you on a certain path but it's so incredible to go through but that book led to People having interest in this type of a lifestyle, which wasn't really photography, it was it? Was total life freedom? It was how do you control your time, your money, and do it from anywhere if you can? So that's where you know the idea of oh, coaching people, and then into oh, I'll do a mastermind because I've been in a mastermind, and then so on and so on, multiple masterminds, then a, then a community underneath it, and then live events, and then co- so you know seven, eight, nine income streams later come out from this idea you know, for me, it really came down to, I want to have conversations for a living. That's the one thing I said to myself. And when I was shooting, you know, weddings, I like, how can I do that? And that's where it all came from. That one little idea.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It's so interesting to me watching what you've built because so much of what I do, even, even on my real estate team, when I get on these calls, coaching other realtors, so many of them say to me, well, I have this other job or I do this other thing and I can't just quit because it's providing the money. But what you did, and you openly talk about this in the book, you basically walked away from a six-figure photography business and said like, you know what, I'm done. I don't remember, but I know know it's in the book, but there was a certain event you shot and you're like, nope, this is it. And you knew that like you were absolutely done. So what, I mean, for the realtors listening to this, you know, again, so many of them have other jobs and like sort of don't want to take that jump. Like, what would you say, you know, kind of to them or to yourself, those five, six years ago, that said, like, no, now is the time you need to just do this?
0: I think finances are a big part of it, as much as we don't want to talk about it. Like having your money together and having that runway for you to be able to do something really took a lot of the stress away. I've worked with a lot of realtors. I know the highs and lows that goes on with it, that go on with it because you have these giant months of income. And then you might have two or three months of nothing. And then when you're kind of scraping by, sometimes you get hit with this major tax bill. I've seen it so many times with real estate, because they didn't learn to put the money aside for taxes during the good times. There's unique problems that come from that industry that need to be addressed through people that are you know, mentors in that area. But you have to know your industry. You have to know your timeline and what it is you want to build. For me, it was, okay, we're going to work really hard to get our money together. We're going to work really hard to build an optimal business, a business that I don't want to work more and more and more. I want to make it optimal. Meaning how do i make more money in less time and each time you can do that you're making more money you become more efficient it uses less time that's very important is the time aspect of it because with that extra time that's when i go and build the next thing that's when i read the books take the courses and learn on what's the next thing i want to do what's the next thing that interests me because i know when i become fully entrenched in something i become like the expert alone i get bored after a while if i'm just maintaining i'm bored So I need something that I'm going to fail at. I need to write a book or start something that there's no expectations that's going to do well. And that's when I get to put all my energy into being a beginner while the thing that's optimized is running well. So the money isn't a stress on the beginner part and it allows me to fund the beginner part and then I can grow that to optimal levels.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I think one of the things I appreciate you and really everyone in TLF You gave me a a butt kicking in October. And I think one of the things that I said there was, and it's even, it's crazy to me that we're talking in August because like not even a year ago, I sat at a table in Pittsburgh at the left field meeting spaces and said, we were going around the room talking about reoccurring income. And I said, well, I'm a realtor, so there's no such thing. And I think you shut Mm -hmm. that down so hardcore. You said like, no, no, like knock it off. Like there is, you're just like, you're not, you either A, don't want to listen or Mm -hmm. two, you're not trying. And so now it's so interesting to kind of like, yes, the real estate is growing. And I'm very thankful for how God's blessed that, like the real estate's growing. And then it's like, OK, the podcast is growing. The podcast is leading into like these one on one calls with people growing their real estate business, talking about social media, helping them use it. And then like, I mean, we you know, we were a podcast movement, you know, recently. And even to think about like all the things that I left with was like, OK, you need to be on Patreon. OK, you need to be doing these for your podcast. It's just crazy, and so I love what you're doing because it's sort of like, I'm never satisfied. It's not a number, it's again, that always wanting to be a beginner, that middle ground and the expert. And so I think like that's so awesome for realtors to hear because so many of us just get so complacent. Well, I'm making good money in real estate, well, why do anything else? And it's really that thing that you've kind of learned, well, there's, there's lulls in the business, you might, I've done it even in my first couple of years, I've made 30,000 one month and then none the next, you know? And so we often joke here in our household that like, had I not been married to my wife, like I would have spent like 28000 and then had nothing. But now we just, the money you, and sits there.
0: And you wouldn't have been alone. Because that's the way, the amount of realtors I talk to that go through that, even experienced ones, is really surprising. So then all of a sudden, they made all this money. It's amazing that nobody is like helping with this or they're not talking about it. But the whole thing about never being satisfied, that can sound bad if you think of it that way. but. I look at it like my perfect spot is I'm content, but not satisfied. Meaning today I'm happy. After this call, I'm going to go in the pool. I got a couple more podcast interviews. Life is wonderful. But if I do that every day without growing towards something, if I don't have something I'm being challenged with, I'm eventually going to get bored. So if every day I'm content, but not satisfied, mm-hmm. I don't have this constant angst of like, you're doing re- well, why are you so wound up? It's not that. It's like, I know that when I'm not challenged, I get bored and I can actually start getting down. So regardless if it's making money or not, I need to challenge myself. So that's, that's a part of it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome too. You know, a couple of the things that you've really, that I've learned from you watching TLF grow and my involvement in it is I think you do a couple of things very well. One is like really acing that follow-up and another is providing value. So in terms of like that follow-up with people, You know, I know this hits home for realtors because many of them talk to me about how they're not good at it. So I want this to motivate them. Can you explain to me your process of following up with people and checking in with them? I know before I joined TLF and even now you, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? What do you, I think that really encouraged me to want to be a part of what you are building. Can you kind of share about that process for you? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's funny because it's like, it goes to even like my title, my next book is called Generosity is the Answer. And it was a hard realization. like how self-involved I was for so long, how so much, and I still battle with it all the time. I'm internally a very selfish person. And so you'll see that in me at times because it's not out. My job is to fight it to become this person. So writing this book is the ultimate challenge for me. This I'm not coming from it from the perspective of like, oh, I'm the hero, follow me. I'm coming from like, this is the person I need to become. And I'm gonna tell the stories of my own failures, some successes and other people's along the way to become there. But it goes back to that. I've had many, many lonely days where I'm down on myself, where I'm down on people, where I'm not feeling supported, not feeling loved, right? And it's quiet those days. And usually those days are like, I've been kind of by myself. I've been brooding. I've been kind of secluded, inclusive, like a lot of people can do. Like, I just want to be by myself. Nobody reaches out. And I feel even worse. And then I'm like, I get up four days later. and I'm like, well... Have I been doing anything? Have I been checking in? A, so then I'll go send 25 messages. And all of a sudden my inbox is full with messages and I'm getting like, can I, I'm like, wait a second. If I wait for people to reach out to me, they probably won't. They're very busy. Everybody's busy. But if I take the initiative and I'm like, and I wake up in the morning, instead of worrying about like what's going on in my life, which is you're prone to do. I'm like, I wonder what John's up to. I wonder after the last call last week when he was talking about his podcast or his community, how is that going? So when you wake up thinking about five people and, and it's so easy to send a message and it's not just a, hey, how are you doing? It's a, what's going on with this? People appreciate that. It's just human nature. It's like people appreciate and they go, eventually they go, "What are you? what's going on with you? And that's literally how my book launched was doing that. And people are like, well, what are you working on? After I asked them questions, they're like, I'm writing a book. This now. oh, what's it about? Blah, blah, blah. I'd love to read it. Can I send you a pre-copy of it? Just to re- That is what took it off. And I'm like, it wasn't any marketing tactic. It wasn't any funnel. It was just actually caring and reaching out to people and just with no reason except just to do it. So it's just stuck. And now I'm trying to teach people how to do it. But some people, it's amazing how like, I'm not good at that. Like, you're not good at asking people how they're doing. Like, it's not that hard of a thing. But we're not trained to do it anymore. Because we're so focused on our own selfish goals, that the only reason why some people in our lives is to get something from them. And if I can change that, then I, I did my job with this book.
1: Man, I love the way you do it. And it's so interesting because I think you and you often share even on TLF calls, people are like, you know, we'll put it in our CRM and follow up with them on August 1st, September 1st. Hate and it. you hate that. You hate that. And I think it's a reminder to me, you know, yes, for a realtor, a CRM is very important, but don't get so stuck in your CRM that you're not building. Here's relationships. Why I
0: hate it because August 1st might mean nothing to you and it might mean nothing to me. It's just a check in. But when you legitimately think of somebody, when you legitimately see something that reminds you of somebody else, for instance, for me, it might just be like an article that I see that might be something that, you can, that can help you. Oh, that's for John. So let me send it to him or whoever it is. This, it's not always that way, but I like to reach out when they're on my mind. And they're only on my mind when I'm thinking about other people. They're not on my mind when I'm thinking about my own numbers, unless it's done in a, in a bad way. Hopefully never. But that, the whole thing is like when you are thinking about people and you're thinking about what they're going through or what they can need, that's when they reach out. It's not when the calendar tells me to, but I know a lot of people do it. I don't like it. I like to do it more on a human level from my perspective.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that. And I love watching how you do it. It, it definitely has inspired me to be like, okay, use your, like, yes, I have a CRM, but use it differently. Yeah. Don't just be that guy that checks in. C- CRM is get-
0: great for organization. It yeah. shouldn't be where your heart comes from and how you reach out to people.
1: Yeah. So the other part I said, it, you know, in that question was talking about you're really great at the follow up and providing value. I I know that you often hear this from people in TLF that so many of us would pay so much more when I jumped up to the mastermind. At first, it was like, how can I afford this? And now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in and like anything. And I've shared with you and, and Elizabeth. And we said this when we saw each other recently, like anything you're selling, I'm in. And then, you know, you kind of joked at that time. All right, sweet. Let's do the $10,000 package.
0: We We got a million dollar coaching package. We just started.
1: That's right. But what is it about providing value to you? Like it seems to give you life when you see TLF helping people grow. So what is it about that? And how do you do such a great job of providing value to people?
0: I think it all comes from pain. As you're talking to me about this and you're asking these questions, which are great questions. I reflect back and I don't think of this too often, but I think about how often I was shortchanged. I think about how often I joined something and it was just a funnel or it was just a process. And somebody that I'd listened to on a podcast that had so much energy and so much curiosity once I joined didn't. And then it was just, here's the system to it. And here's what we're, you know, how do we optimize this for our maximum potential where we don't do anything anymore? And even when I talked to you earlier about optimizing a business, I want to optimize it so I could then be relational. So I have more time for this type of stuff. This is the key to it. I never got that. I would join groups and nobody would reach out. The owner would never say, how are you doing? So it goes to the pain of like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm getting some value. Do I want to continue? And often I wouldn't continue because there was no personal connection. Now, I'm not saying you could do the personal connection with everybody all the time, but you know, it doesn't take much to make somebody feel special. It could be a message every couple of weeks. How hard is that to do? At least to the point where you can grow it to maybe you have other people that, I don't know what it would be, but it's not that hard to care. But so many people, it's not, this is never what's sold in the process of building a business is caring about your customer. So to me, I always felt under-delivered in so many different things that I, that I invested in. So I'm gonna over-deliver. And even with that, people kind of take it for granted, right? They get used to it, but the news people go, holy Molly, this is this is a, this is good, and you know that's just so. My whole thing is if you can over deliver and you can care about the people, you're gonna have great retention. You're gonna have great referrals, and you probably don't have to do very much marketing because I don't do any marketing. You know, if if I can serve you so well that you tell other people, that's all I really need to build a great business.
1: Yeah, well, it's so funny. I've never even shared this with you. I don't think I have, and I won't share the name since we're recording for the podcast. But I had bought something and was part of a group four photographers at the time, never heard from the person, never ended up using it. And then somehow through that found you. And, you know, I was transitioning out of the photography world and out of the W2 world. But it's just so funny because I never renewed with that person because I never, ever heard from him or her. I never heard from them. And so I love what you man that it does not take much to make people feel special is is an awesome reminder for me, for other, for people listening to this show, for realtors. I think, you know, we often speak about in TLF, like the follow-up and reaching out to clients. And that's how I have grown my business. It's, it's by making sure I, you know, check in with them, send them a text, send them an email, make sure I try to send things in the mail to them to make them feel special. Now, again, with TLF, you can't send a hundred, but I just think it's about, it's about checking in with people and, and caring about if,
0: if I say I set a goal, I want to reach out to seven people a day out of a group of hundred. It doesn't take very long. Now, some people are you know, quieter or might not respond back or whatever. That's fine. But I thought back, like even when we, some people in TELF don't even know, when I, when I launched the book, I started a free Facebook group and that grew. And eventually the free group took up more time and energy than the people that were actually paying me. So I said, this is not fair to the paid people that my energy is going here. So I decided to kill the Facebook group, the free one. And I put out a post and I said, hey, not trying to sell you guys, but we have this group. And if you want to join it, here's what. So that's what most people normally do, right? And I did this on purpose as a test. I sent out, I think, 50 personal messages saying, hey, Carla, he don't want to let you know. I think 25% of the people that I sent personal message to were very interested and may or may not have joined, but it was what close. One person from a mass message to our entire group reached out about it. One person, when I mass message you. So when people go all the time, I'm gonna send out a a blast to my email list. Unless you have an engaged huge list, you're gonna often be like, well, why is nobody buying? Because they don't think that you care. You're doing a very simple, easy thing by blasting them. But when you reach out to them, and this goes against what so many people teach in business, but it's how we've built every business. And each one has good share of success. And it's not about selling them. It's about, hey, here's what we're doing. But it feels so special when you get a real personal message as opposed to an email blast. If you can have it in your heart to take some time to care about those people to do that, you're going to do very well if you do that day after day.
1: And one of the nice parts is you're reaching out. And I think this, again, for me, for realtors, for anyone in business, you're providing value and you actually believe in what you're selling. Yeah. Right. Like you're not out here selling this billion dollar package that you don't believe in. You actually believe and you've seen in TLF, you've seen relationships grow. You've seen people's business. I mean, my real estate business was nothing when I met, you know, almost barely growing mm-hmm. when I met you.
0: And you did it. Let's make it clear. You built this. But if we could provide support and if we can provide encouragement and we could provide, you know, the occasional, hey, try this watch out for this. It's like, I don't ever want to say like, oh, we were a big part of that. You, I watched you do it. I saw weeks of your growth and I'm like, we hadn't even spoken. John Van Riel the same thing. We saw what happened with him. He was about to quit his business two years ago. I gave him a hard time about it. And two years later, he sells it for half a million dollars. Now, again, that was, I didn't go into the nuts and bolts and help him do that, but we provided support and belief. I think that's what it was. Like, when he gives me credit about it, he's like, You believed in me. And I did. But he didn't believe in himself. Sometimes that is way more important than any X and O's you can do or strategy because people quit because they think people don't believe in them anymore. And they're like, Well, whatever. So just to have that belief is a huge aspect of, of the support and just the, the value you provide.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so true. It's been cool to see. I mean, I feel like every time I jump into Discord or Facebook for TLF, I'm like, oh my goodness, some like these people are like game changers, like they're the things they're doing. I kind of, you know, I think sometimes I have imposter syndrome and I then I have to step back and be like, no, you've you know, you've done great things like God's really blessed me. And so but it's really so
0: within, within our own group. I have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you know that. But like, I'm doing this stuff. And I, like, we talked about in the mass my call this morning, I'm like, the easier it gets, and so many of us related to it, the more lazy you feel. And that's what we struggle against because we are able to optimize it better where you can make more money in less time. But people are praising you for it. But internally, you feel like I'm kind of lazy. Yeah. I feel like when I was when it was harder, I worked harder. And I like that. So I'm now reaping the rewards of building this business. And I'll kind of chill by the pool for nothing. Then I'll hear you guys doing all this stuff. I'm like, I suck. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'll feel that way. But that's the motivation. Like, get off your butt and go do it now. Like, you are not elevated over anybody else you have to show up just like everybody else does so i think everybody feels that
1: well that's that's a good point so as as you've built tlf and everything that we've talked about that you've done is there one or two very important lessons that you've learned along these few years that you're like oh my goodness these are like the game changing lessons i've taken away
0: oh there's so many what i'm learning recently is really the value not only just in being yourself but truly being honest with yourself and the people around you. If you don't have the right people around you and you kowtow because either they're paying you or because you don't want to piss people off, you're gonna wind up in no man's land where I was I was in a mastermind at one point and I left because I was disappointed in the way the direction was going. And another person that had left said the same thing. And what they did on a scale of one to 10, they said, because this person wants to grow this mastermind so big that. They're letting the fours and fives, which is on a scale of one to 10, stay. And they're losing the eights, nines, and tens. Meaning they're losing the real driven, real connected rock stars of the group to make sure that the fours and fives and sixes stay on and keep paying. And those fours and fives always had the same questions. They never had any solutions. It was always, every week. And the people that are driven got tired of it. And what that person would have done, that, that, what that group would have done better would be tell those fours and fives, either you need to step up or you have to go because this is, this is a group we're gonna be running at this level. They didn't wanna do that because of the growth of the business. I think that honesty of being able to say, this is not for you, especially in terms of a group is important to be able to say to the wrong people that they have to go to make space, not just space, but just emotional space for, for growth space, for other people. And I think that's a hard thing to do because it's so much easier just like, Why would you lose those clients? I think it's good for the soul to lose those clients sometimes. And I don't think in a more desperate moment in my life, I'd be able to do that. But it feels good to do it when it's not about the income where it's really about what's best for the community. That's
1: a perfect answer. Because as we kind of close out, I was going to say to you that, you know, realtors, you know, I, I think one of the things that I think TLF and what you guys do really well, is knowing when to have hard conversations, you know, Very few people know this, but you know this. When we first met in person at the October retreat, I hadn't really been involved in TLF. I had been paying every month, but I hadn't been on calls in months. And so I showed up, had a lot to say on day one. And so you kind of got some feedback like, hey, through some talking to some people and your wife, like, hey, have a conversation. So the next day you kind of said to me like, not as nice words, like, hey, John, shut the heck up. Like you have not earned the right to kind of have an opinion. And I remember being so offended at the time, but then later was like, yeah, he was right. I haven't and I haven't been on the calls and I haven't been contributing. And so I came home and like suddenly it was like a different person and people suddenly knew me, but all that to say, guys, there you go. That's a little insight on uh, Vincent. It was a great,
0: it was a great moment. It was. I still remember you wearing your Penguins jersey when I said it. I was like,
1: I'm pretty, I should have worn it for this call. I'm pretty sure I almost cried right there, but I tried to hold it together.
0: But I thought you were going to blast me. You're looking at me like, I'm like he's, he's going to hit me right in front of everybody right here. And I'm like, but I think that's the important thing to do. There are really two ways to go when confronted with that type of feedback. You could do exactly what you did, which is it's almost impossible to not be taken aback at first. And maybe I could have more truth than I'm learning, hopefully. But at the same time, you need to say it. But you took it, and you processed it, and you thrived from it. And there are people on the other end that will get offended by that. They will feel, and what I've learned is that's the best thing that can happen. Because what we really don't need are people that are going to be offended by being called out legitimately by somebody that cares about you. They're doing it for your benefit. Because if you're doing it to us, you're going to be doing it to other people. And all down the line, you're going to be like, why is nothing working for me? And I'm going to be like, because you keep doing this crap to everybody and nobody has the guts to call you out on it. And you took it and you are the perfect example because it was in front of everybody and you, and now everybody's seen the change from that moment. There have been other people that literally from that conversation are still mad at me (laughs) and we'll move on and we'll be for years. That's cool. It was the movie, Blexi Blues, which was such a great line it's too old for you, John. I know you don't get any of our movie references, but <laughs> Matthew Broderick played this line and he kind of like, he strode the fence. He, he was never really standing out, one, never giving his opinion. And the one guy, I can't remember his name. He goes, you have to be willing to take a stand. He's I don't care what side you're on, but you have to pick, pick a side. And I know what side I pick with this, which is like, I have to be able to be around people that want to be empowered, that want to be challenged and that like that for the growth. And even listening to this, if you're considering this and you don't like it, this is not the place for you. If you want it, hey, let's roll and we will love you along the way. But if you don't, it really is finding out. And this is for realtors too, because in photography and masterminds, you know there are bad clients. You know there are people that are going to drag you around from house to house. You're going to be working with them for three years. Something's always going to be wrong with it. And you're going to waste so much time and so much mental energy. And you're going to be like, It's good for the soul to fire clients because this person that's taking up all your time that doesn't appreciate you, you're gonna find somebody that comes along and is gonna be so grateful for you and will do exactly what you say because they trust you as the expert. And then when you're done with them, they will refer people to you. Just imagine the growth of your business from that as opposed to that one pain client that two to three years drags you around and just gives you nothing but headache. I don't want the drama. I don't want the headaches. If you can't handle it, this is not for you. And that's one of the best things I did. We did this with our photography business too. We fired people, even at meetings that I knew were bridezillas. I knew it. I saw it. I said, this is not for us. And then it wound up being the best thing we ever did. So it's harsh, but it's the, I think one of the best things you can do for your business.
1: Yeah. And it really is. I know I recently said in TLF and I haven't, there's a podcast episode coming, but I fired my first client and it hurt, right? It hurt. But I realized, no, the way you're talking to me and the person on my team helping me basically being this rude and disrespectful and curt, like I knew I was done. Yep. And I knew, you know, and thankfully, like my business has grown to the point. I remember early in my business being like, I have to take every client. And now I don't, I, I get to be a little picky because I've built that trust, the built those relationships with clients. I mean, even last week while we were away, my first client called me and just, hey, I have a question to ask you. And he knew, because of the relationship that I've built with him, that he could call and ask a question. It's not, oh, hey, well, I'll take your question, but only if you're going to buy or sell a house. Like, no, he knew that I could help. And so that kind of, yeah, I think you do a great job of having those hard conversations, keeping the group integrity. And I think that's what makes a lot of the people, like, those eight and nines and tens in TLF want to stay because you're saying, you know what? No, you're a two, three, or four. Either you're not contributing or you're like creating drama. We don't want you in there.
0: To me, as, as I've grown a little bit, it's more the creating drama because what I've found by, there are people that are quieter. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to them, they go, I connect one-on-one with people that, that I don't see in the group. They get a lot of value and they're learning from it. It doesn't need, it probably wouldn't be the best thing if everybody was fully engaged. It might be too much. And in any membership, because I know you're talking about this, any membership, you're going to have one-third that's fully engaged, one-third that's lukewarm here and there, and then one-third that's really not. And no matter how hard you try, no matter many people I've talked to, that's kind of always the case. So I think when I stopped beating myself up about like, oh, everybody has to be fully engaged. No, people get value from it. And then I found out they're talking to other people, helping each other. Beautiful. As long as you are generous, you are helpful, and you can do what we we're talking about here, you're a great member of the group. And I truly believe this goes, it's not just about memberships or communities, it's it's about realtors, it's about photographers, any type of business. I think these are essential aspects to make it to where you're not resentful and your clients actually appreciate what you do.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This was awesome. Before you go, you know, I know that Freelance to Freedom, people can find, and you wrote that a couple of years ago. Besides Freelance to Freedom, can you kind of tell us uh, what's next for you and where people can find you?
0: Yeah, the best thing is the podcast. I have a daily solo show. It's five minutes, five, six minutes. There's no ads, no intro. It's a quick hit every day, spilling my heart sometimes and hopefully giving some wisdom. So the Total Life Freedom podcast is probably the fastest, quickest way. And if you, anything that we do in terms of, masterminds, communities. You can get a free download of the book too. So I give that away to your audience, John. So the free audio download of, of Freelance to Freedom, you can get at our website, which is called totallifefreedom.com. You can find the, the backslash F2F book if you want to get the free book. All the information is on there. And yeah, the next book is called Generosity is the Answer. Look for it on our site as we get that thing rolling in about six months or so. And, and that's really about it.
1: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I know this was helpful for me kind of just hearing some of this. And I know it's going to be helpful to my audience, the realtors, and even other people in business to hear what you had to share. So appreciate you so much. And thank you so much for your time.
0: I just want to just say how fantastic it's been just getting to know you over the last couple of years and, and how much value you add to all of us and your laughter and your energy and your, your work ethic. You've been such an asset to all of us. And I just appreciate you.
1: Thanks so much, man. Thanks for coming on. Wow, guys, that interview with Vincent Puglisi was amazing. I am so thankful for him and for his willingness to come on the show and share some of the things that he's learning in his business, in his life, and also sharing what he's built with the Total Life Freedom community. As we close out, I want to share with you three of my main takeaways from my interview with Vincent. Number one, I think the biggest thing was how he was talking about making his business optimal and always working towards the next thing. You know, he talked on this episode about how he wanted to have conversations for a living. And as he has built this, he always wants to be content, but not satisfied. So he wants to be happy with what he's doing, but then working on the next thing. So if he becomes an expert at leading a community like he has, what is the next thing? What is the next thing where he can be communicating with people, and growing and learning from someone else. And I think that this mindset of always learning and always looking to improve and build the next thing is amazing. And it's really not about the money like he talked about. It's not about the money necessarily, but you always want to be someone that's an expert at something, someone that's somewhere in the middle, and then someone that's a beginner at something. And I think this is so key. When I think about my real estate career over the past couple of years, I really became the expert on real estate stuff and things like social media, and so people come to me like I'm the expert. But even though I'm an expert in those things, that doesn't mean I stop trying to learn. I'm always trying to continue learning in those items and also just different things that I'm building, like the community, the podcast, other things I'm working on in the business, and it keeps me motivated and hungry. Another thing that I really took out of this episode and interview with Vincent was how he says it does not take much to make someone feel special. Man, I remember when he said that during our time together. I circled it, started, underlined it because it is so applicable and we could have had a whole episode just talking about how it does not take much to make someone feel special. We can think about that in our real estate careers, you know, making our clients feel special, things like that. On average, someone sells a home every seven years. And did you know that the average says that 70% or more of those people that sell a house in seven years will not use the realtor that they used when they purchased that home. Over 70% are not going to use you guys again on the next deal. And so I just think that motivates us, right? We have to have great follow-up. We have to have great communication. And we have to make our clients feel special, not just up until Settlement Day, but after that. And you know... Vincent on the episode talked about how all of it comes from pain, where he would be in communities or people wouldn't care, and so he wants to over-deliver, and I absolutely love that. I think that's a huge part of why I pay for TLF and why I'm invested in it, because he does a great job of caring about people and really wanting to help people in their business. So that was another big point for me. It does not take much to make someone feel special. In real estate, we can certainly all learn from this. And I want to do a better job of this, not only with my clients in the real estate transaction and over-delivering there, but in everything else that I'm building, in the podcast, the community, etc. cetera. I want to go above and beyond to make people feel special and over-deliver. The third thing that I really took out of my interview with Vincent was towards the end when he was talking about having hard conversations. And as we were closing out, He said that it is good for the soul to fire someone and that you have to do this. You have to fire clients in order to stay healthy. And this is so interesting because he talked about different people and groups where, you know, the eights, nines, and tens will leave because they are being dragged down by the threes, fours, and fives. And I just thought about this, you know, is so applicable in real estate because I recently did fire a client, and you'll hear about that story in a future episode. But all that to say, it really helped me level up when I was getting rid of the people that were detracting me from my goals, the people that are not a good fit for me and my business. It gives me the peace and the space and the time to attract the right people to my business. As I build the community for the Real Estate Survival Guide, the same thing is gonna happen. I don't want people in there that are gonna be okay or just be dragging the group down, or creating drama, or things like that. So I love this. And there's so much I could go on and on about this in the real estate transaction. And again, I'll talk more on that episode. But early in my career, I couldn't afford to fire people, right? Like I had to work with every single person that would work with me. But it's great to be at a point where I can say, you know what? No, if you're going to act nasty and curse and scream, you're just not my type of client. I don't want to work with you. And so I loved this lesson from Vincent. And again, I'm so thankful to Vincent for what he's built and for letting me be just a small part of the Total Life Freedom mastermind and community, and I really hope that you will support Vincent and what he's building. You know, his book, you can get on Amazon, but you can also get it for free, like he talked about, at totallifefreedom.com F2Fbook. That's his book, Freelance to Freedom. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite books. And again, he has the podcast. So you can check that out. It is the Total Life Freedom podcast with Vincent Puglisi, and it is one of my favorite podcasts. It's really awesome because it's, you know, five to six minutes a day. It's really quick, a quick hit, and you can learn something, and he does a great job of it. So I encourage you guys to check him out. Check out the podcast, buy the book, or download it from his website. And then keep your eyes open for his next book, Generosity is the Answer. Again, I'm so thankful to Vincent and Elizabeth for their what they've done and built with Total Life Freedom. I'm so thankful to Vincent for coming on the show and just being an amazing mentor and friend. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and learned a lot from Vincent on this episode. And I hope it is helpful for you and it helps you process some different things to help you find success in your real estate career. With that, I will see you guys on our next episode.